Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to online affiliates around the world, including our friends joining us on iTunes. We appreciate you all joining us as well. We're excited to welcome Kate Zernicki to our broadcast today. She's not only an award-winning reporter, but the author of a book I had a chance to read called The Exceptions, Nancy Hopkins, MIT, and the fight for women in science. We talk a lot about these days about the importance and the fight for uh, equality, but also, of course, for, for being seen. This book really does capture in a very interesting way, not only, of course, when it comes to women in science, but also Nancy's journey in particular, what she was able to see and what she was able to be, 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 be a part of when it comes to change as well. If you guys are just now finding out about the book, of course, we'll let you guys know how to get your own copy of it. Kate, thank, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Hey, the pleasure is definitely all mine. This book is really, mm-hmm. I think, it's timely, but I think also introducing us to Nancy, someone that I, I wasn't familiar with before reading the book, Kate, I think definitely helps us understand and put a name and face to this. What has it been like for you to already see the way that people are responding to the book? Oh, it's been, I mean, obviously it's been great. I'm really gratified with, you know, good reviews and people you know, one thing that's interesting is I think people initially think, oh, this is a book about women or, oh, it's a book about science and maybe they're interested in women or interested in science. But really it resonates with people in so many different fields. Um, and it really, what's been most gratifying to me is once people open the book and see Nancy's story or read Nancy's story, I think they really do connect with it even if they don't happen to be in science. I think also for the science community it's been amazing. But, but I think what you know, just in my own journey um, of understanding women's issues and, and sort of understanding, you, know, you talk about equality and understanding how these things happen and how we all evolve in our understanding, that is, I'm so glad you picked up on the, the, the idea of Nancy's evolution, because that to me was both the hardest part of writing this book, but also the most satisfying, was just sort of understanding how Nancy goes from being someone who, you know, in 1963, when she first enters science, and 1973, when she first gets her job, uh, at MIT, she really was not an activist. She was not a feminist, and it takes her nine, you know, it takes her really until 1994 to kind of come around and think like, oh, wait, now I understand. And I think this is the way a lot of people approach these issues. You know, we think we understand them, we think we know what's happened, maybe we think something's in the past, and then it starts to affect us, and we we realize that we kind of have to reckon with it and also understand understand what's happened in the past. I think that is so true. And I think, too, uh, again, I was not familiar with Nancy's story before, Kate, so I'm so glad you wrote this book. But I think the reason why I picked up on, I think, the the idea of her – Evolution, going back to even the essay she wrote back in 1976, mm-hmm. kind of kind of talking about her own journey, and and I love the idea of how she didn't seem to think that there was, I guess because it was kind of considered the um, the status quo, didn't really think anything was wrong with there not being a lot of recognition for women and the and the hard work that women did. I also love the fact that you say for those who have the hardcover of the book, Kate, you said this that she expressed sympathy for men who face the stress of professional science and providing for a family. I thought that was fascinating, too. What was it like for you to see how even though 
she was in the minority and not getting maybe the attention and respect of her male counterparts, that she still felt sorry for them too and what they had to deal with. Well, I think there's a lot of compassion in Nancy and in this book. And one of the things I do, again, another part of the story that really appealed to me is I think there's so much, there's so much strife and animosity right now and, and polarization. And this is really a book about people coming together and, and, and really making understandings across the line. So, so men understanding what women are going through and, as you say, women understanding what the men's perspective and, and ultimately sort of finding a way to work with one another, which I think we see all too infrequently now. You know, for Nancy, I think, again, this is the kind of the evolution that I think a lot of people have. And I, I say women, but I think you can apply this to many marginalized groups. When they start out, you start out young and you think, well, the doors are open and, and you know, anything's possible. And you really, I think Nancy really wanted to resist thinking that it was going to be held against her that she was a woman um, and, and that she would have anything less than full opportunity. Because to Nancy, she loved science so much and she wanted to believe that science was a meritocracy. And we talk a lot about a meritocracy and, and you know, that, that as you, if you work hard enough, you can get what you want. And that is a great, it's a, it's a great ideal to strive for. But the reality is there really is no such thing as a pure meritocracy. You know, she thought this about science because I think we think about, you know, we think of science, it's about data, it's about the information. She thought as long as you work hard enough, do your experiments, you have the data, you're going to be just fine. And what she comes to see is that, in fact, there are all sorts of biases that, that do affect science. I'm so glad you said that, Kate, because I came away with an observation, and feel free to correct me on this if if you feel like I, I may have missed this. But I think one of the things that makes Nancy so interesting is that it was not about her. It really was oh, about totally. the work. And, and she yeah. did not think so much about herself as an individual or as a woman. It really was about getting the work done. Was that is that fair, you think? Oh, that's absolutely it. And she really would never have spoken up. I mean, I think Nancy even now sort of cringes when she thinks she thinks of herself like she's become this known more, perhaps more for her women's advocacy than she is for her science, because she really wanted to be known as a science. And she didn't like, you know, she saw other people, other women who had spoken up or other activists, and she kind of, she really shied away from them. Like she really, particularly feminist in the early 70s, she was like, oh God, get me away from these women. You know, they're strident, they're angry. And so, but, but. But she did really, once she comes together with these other women, it really is about making things better for other people. Um, but, it, but the only reason she ultimately spoke up is that, it, is that the, the discrimination and the bias and the lack of resources were getting in the way of her doing her science. So once it became impossible to do that, she really had no alternative but to speak up. But to her credit, she didn't just speak up for herself. She spoke up for other women and then, and then extended it to other marginalized groups as well, even after the, you know, at the close of the book. Yeah, and, and to that point, that's one of the things you, you show so well, Kate, is the impact she's able to have on others, including Barbara McClintock. Talk to us about that and, and what, what Barbara said to, to Nancy about how her words really appealed to her and assessed the situation so well. What was it like for you to see the impact that even her words had on others? Oh, I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's, it was, it was surprising to me. It was surprising to me at the time. You know, I broke the story uh, in 1999 that MIT admitted it was discriminating against women because of Nancy. It had made that admission because of Nancy's work. It was surprising to me to see how many women, it was surprising to Nancy and surprising to me to see how many women across the country and then across the world reached out to her to say, this is my story too. 
Um, so that was really interesting. But also, I just think, you know, you talk about Barbara McClintock, who, who is, you know, was 20 years older than Nancy. I think what's so striking about this story is that it really is the generations learning from one another and the generations, you know, every generation discovers, thinks it's discovering this problem anew, and then every generation thinks it solved the problem. So that has been interesting. You know, it was interesting in writing the book, writing the, the story in book length. Um, but it was, it's also been interesting just talking about the book as I go around the, the country, talking to groups, and seeing how women of different gener- generations react to Nancy's work and recognize themselves in her. Yeah. And, and there was the idea, too, of it seems like at times, uh, Kate, of her not even realizing who she was and what she had. There's a great um, part of her story that you shared, you know, where Nancy's thinking about this, of course, for herself, this course that she designed and the value that had been put on it. What was that like? Because I think there are so many people today um, in, in 2023, uh, men and women, who know that feeling of sometimes being passed over, being looked aside, but then mm-hmm. realizing they have something of value. What was that like for you to kind of to kind of see her her response to that, knowing that she was not only able to make a contribution, but it was a contribution that that literally could matter and was worth something. Well, it's interesting that you, that you picked that example because, um, yeah, but, but her evolution is really interesting, right? Like, first she sort of thinks like, okay, I can do this. You know, I'm really excited about this course. She's, she's designed to teach it with a younger man and doesn't think any, you know, thinks like, okay, fine, I got this, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the younger man wants to teach it with another guy, and they want to make a lot of – they want to sell a textbook and teaching videos and make, make millions of dollars, as they tell her, and Nancy's kicked out of this course. But her first thought is, oh, wow – Something I created is worth millions of dollars. You know, it takes it takes a friend of hers who's a lawyer and an entrepreneur to say, wait a minute, they're stealing from you. So, and yeah. then she she starts to become angry. But I do think it's almost like stages of I don't know, but stages of grief or what. But um, but yeah, and and but the other reason I'm glad you picked up on this is because I think when people read this book, this is certainly my experience writing the book, but people reading the book too have this experience of getting angry themselves because they can relate it to something that's happened in their own life or their own work, as you say. Um, And they think like, oh, yeah, like that was – and it does – you know, recognition is not always like a thunderbolt. It's like sometimes it's, it's in stages that you realize what's happening to you. Such a great point, such a great point. For those who are just tuning in, is on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome Kate uh, Zernicki to our broadcast today. We're talking to Kate not only about her new book, The Exceptions, Nancy Hopkins, MIT, and the Fight for Women in Science. So, Kate, I want to ask you about, I mean, about your own idea of success with this, because you have had success in your career. Talk to us about this book and, and how it felt to only be able to do the work to write it, but now to see the way that people are responding to it. It's already a bestseller on Amazon as well. What has that been like for you to embrace for yourself and your own career? You know, it's funny because the um, I think you can. there's sort of a tyranny of the numbers, right? Like I was so nervous about I had a year between finishing this book and when it comes out in the world. And, you know, we were getting blurbs and stuff. And so that was very gratifying. Um, but I was very determined, like, I'm not going to be – I didn't want to become fixated on the numbers. What I really wanted – you know, the reason I got into journalism is because, you know, to me, I was – when I decided to go into journalism, I was 20 years old. And it was like I had always been a writer, but I didn't really know what to do with it. And journalism was so powerful to me in interpreting the world and helping me understand a world that I found confusing at the time. And I thought, oh, my God, like journalism made the world make sense to me. And I thought the greatest thing that I could do is use my writing to help others make sense of the world. 
And so I really tried to think of that. I have tried to think about that with this book. I'm really, um, I really, it was, it was hard writing this book because it's hard writing any book because, you, you know, you wonder, is this story valuable? Is it going to matter to people? Um, this, because I had done a story when, when I was a young reporter at the Globe, I felt like I really had a handle on the story. Um, but I just wanted to do justice to the, the women, to Nancy and the other women that she comes together with, because I wanted other people to understand how powerful their story was. So the fact that people have, have liked the story, have seen themselves in Nancy, have understood a piece of history that I think has been forgotten, that's incredibly gratifying to me. So yes, I love the numbers, but I try to, what I try to think about is that I've brought this story into the world, and that feels really good. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you told the story, Kate, because myself and others I don't think would know about the, not of course, the wonderful contributions that Nancy Hopkins has made, but also, of course, um, the journey that continues when it comes to not only the way that women in science are being looked at, but also uh, women still in the workplace and, and in life in many ways as well. I think it's a conversation that definitely needs to be had for sure. Uh, again, the book, The Exceptions, is available to our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore if they don't have it. I know they'd be more than happy to order for you. Kate, how can our audience stay connected with you? Uh, my website is www. I guess you knew that part. Kate Zernike, that's Z-E-R-N-I-K-E dot com. And I have my list of events there. And there's a way to contact me by email. And I, you can see some of the reviews as well. All right. Well, Kate, congratulations to you again. Thank you again for the time. Really appreciate it. And looking forward to speaking with you again. Thanks, Cyrus, for your close read, too. I appreciate that. Yeah, the pleasure is definitely all mine. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. And as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. But it's going to make today amazing. Take care.